Welcome to Dominion Sonship Life. Welcome to Dominion Sonship Life. Welcome to that which the Lord will utter through me today. And um, it's very clear the title of this message again. And um, it might sound simple, but it's not all that simple. Although faith in God is simple because it's based on the Word of God. And yet there has been such a complication of what faith looks like, what faith is, how does one walk by faith. And so the title is Wake Up to His Word. Wake Up to His Word. And as I heard that phrase, Wake Up to His Word, I could also say in that phrase is Wake Up to faith, wake up to righteousness, wake up to divinity, because through this incorruptible seed of the word of God, we are now partakers of divine nature in the knowledge of him. Peter writes about that. Peter also writes about us being a royal priesthood, so I could say, wake up to royalty, wake up to priesthood, we do have a say-so. We do have a say-so. We're giving, we're given, we're given by the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, commanding authority to speak, to speak his word, to speak forth faith, not fear, not worry, not how is it going to go today or how am I going to make it until tomorrow. What is my future going to look like? Wake up to sobriety, we can say. For in Christ we have a sober mind. And truly our sobriety is the word of God. And if we do not know the word of God or have the habit of reading meditatively the Bible, we will be so intoxicated with cares, with thoughts of defeat, with thoughts of quitting, fear, anxiety. But we know in Christ that's not our portion. What is our portion in Christ? Faith in God. Faith in the one whom he has sent, for this is truly eternal life. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and this faith that we have in the Son of God. When we decree and declare that He is the Son of God, Jesus is the Son of the living God. Faith in this statement. Faith in the Word of God that is proclaimed that He is the Son of God, the Messiah whom God has sent to bring forth deliverance to the nations through whose seed, the seed of Abraham, the nations were going to be blessed. The Lord Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ, has overcome the world, overcome the world, overcome the world and everything that is in the world, which is, which is what? The sway, the deception, the way of the wicked one, Satan. 
So wake up to the word is really the reality that we have in Christ. Last Sunday talked about open eyes. That in Christ, our eyes are opened. That when we became born again at the revelation of the sonship of the Lord Jesus Christ and the declaration of his lordship over our lives, our eyes were wide open. Our ears weren't stopped from the lies of the devil. And yet we can, over time, start dulling our senses, hardening our hearts to the word of God by choosing another gospel, another way of living, carnal, worldly living that gives us, it seems, immediate answers of what to do. That it seems to give us a way out of a hard moment. But ultimately, the way of the world that so many of us have become accustomed to lead to death. And though there might be pleasure for a moment in that sin that can so easily ensnare us, it leads to a dead end called death. And the, and the danger of that path of worldly living, especially being a Christian and sitting under erroneous teaching, that is not lined up with the world, uh, with the word of God, that's not lined up with putting your eyes on the scriptures, by allowing the word out of the mouth of two or three witnesses to validate truth to you. If you go by the doctrine of man, you move into a slumber. A slumber where your eyes start shutting and closing to the truth of the word of God. And it starts sounding like, well, you know, God knows my heart. Well, you know, we are now under the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you know, you know, I still believe that he is, Jesus is the son. I still believe, you know, but, you know, the world, the world, you know, you got to live in the world and you got to just, you just got to make ends meet. And there, therein, you know, already you have taken a slippery road of deception that leads to a dead end does not please God because it does not lead to faith. But what leads to faith is the word of God. What brings a maturing of Christian faith, it is the word of God. And really, I could have titled this message, Wake Up to Righteousness. And all of us would have, it would have checked the little box. Yes, I've heard a lot of messages on that. Yes, I can even, I can even give the scripture that Paul refers to in this. And also I can add another scripture. Wake up all you sleepers in Ephesians. But he was so purposeful in telling to me this title, Wake Up to His Word. Let's go to Romans 1. For we see why he would use this statement. Wake up to the word of God. Wake up to his word. 
Paul in chapter 1 verse 16 writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation. This is truth. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For in it, in this gospel of Christ, that Paul is not ashamed of, and you and I are not ashamed of either, for we know that is the full demonstration of the power of God to us who believe now. You want to know the power of God? Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You want to experience the power of God in demonstration? Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For in it, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And when the just live by faith and they grow from faith to faith, called transformation, mind renewal from glory to glory, how? How does faith come about so we can grow in faith from faith to faith, from glory to glory, through the hearing of the word of God? So when we're fully wide open to the word of God, when our ears are fully unstopped, unclogged from the traditions of man and the doctrines and the, and the, and the, and the, uh, Dogmatic approach to the Bible. When there is a cleaning up of our hearing and a, and a, and a widening of our sight, of an opening of our sight, the eyes of our heart, the eyes of faith. At that moment, we are growing up in righteousness. What does that look like? Knowing that on the basis of that which I believe that Jesus did for me, I have a right standing before God. That is the ultimate boldness and confidence that you can have as a Christian, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt, but knowing, knowing, being fully persuaded as Father Abraham was fully persuaded that before God, I have a right standing. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed and I'm not condemned because the blood of Christ speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And that comes by the abiding in the word of righteousness. The word of truth. We spoke over the last few weeks about truth. That God is the God of truth. That God who cannot lie made the promise and fulfilled the promise through the preaching of a message. It was declared to us by Paul. The fulfillment of that which was promised in Christ. Christ being the seed of Abraham. Christ
Christ being the fulfillment of the promise that God gave to Abraham. That Christ became a curse for us. Took on the curse of the law because he hanged in the tree so that we might live in the fullness of the blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ, knowing our Father. To know our Father, that is the ultimate blessing. To have fellowship in the Spirit with our Father. To know that I am one with God in Christ now. There's no more separation between God and I because of what Jesus has done. This is what righteousness sounds like. One with God. That was so offensive to those religious ears of the Pharisees. They choked on it. They wanted to stone him for saying that he is one with his father. Righteousness speaks as such. And there's no timidity. There's no timidity. No system in the world that is found. The world being captive, uh, a willing captive of the deceptions of the devil. Being really under the dominion of Satan, the world. No system of the world can deceive us. Why? Why? Because we bow the knee to truth, the word of God. And though it might seem very simple and it might seem, yes, I know all this. How are we living life? How are our thoughts really arrayed before God? What is our joy level in Christ? What is our confidence in the word coming to pass in your life beyond a shadow of a doubt. Just a scripture came. I'm not going to go there. So I want to keep on this on this track. Um, let's go to, to Romans 2. Actually, back to Romans 1, sorry. Back to Romans 1 here. Paul's introduction to in this letter. If we go to, mm -mm, let's go from verse 1. I don't want to cut it halfway. I'm going for verse 5, really. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. What, what, how comes Paul had this revelation? of being a bondservant and used it, used it as a, as an identifier, a bondservant of Christ in servitude of Jesus, his Lord, because he had this revelation of righteousness, of God being the righteous judge. The judges righteously, and when we're found in Christ, we have been judged as righteous in his sight. Verse 
What a delight. What a liberty. And a desire to serve him, the one that, that has called us righteous. In Christ. Righteous. In Christ we are now. Righteous. Part of the body of the righteous one. The soon coming king. Why this repetition? Because the more we move in this revelation from faith to faith, as we read Paul in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. It is, re it is removing and blasting out all the doubt and unbelief, all the condemnation, all the thoughts of I'm not going to make it, I'm not good enough. All of it comes to nothing because we know that in Christ, the love of God has been manifested towards us through the cross of Christ. And because I believe on this love divine expressed on the cross, I have been made the righteousness of God. Here now on earth, righteousness. The whole world wants to be made right. Everyone's fighting to be right. I'm right, listen to me. I'm the best source of information. Listen to me. I think every news channel out there might have that as a little logo. What is right, what is truth, is the word of God. And when we come to listen to the word of God, we are hearing that which is right. Because truth is always right. And so Paul calls himself a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God. Born of the seed of David according to the flesh. Born a Jew. Glory be to God. And declared to be the son of God. With power according to the spirit of holiness. By the resurrection from the dead. Because he arose. The son of God arose. And there is a declaration over him. He is the conquering king that has defeated the ultimate foe to humanity, Satan. And this is it, verse 5. Through him, through this conquering king, through this one that was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God according to the spirit of holiness, because he raised from the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for what? For obedience to the faith. Obedience to the faith. Among all nations for his name, among whom 
you also are the called of Jesus Christ. So often we just read this as a little introduction and, and really do not ponder what Paul is communicating to us. Obedience to the faith is obedience to the word of God. Obedience to the faith is obedience to the gospel. That in it is revealed the righteousness of God. Obedience to the faith is obedience to truth. Obedience to truth is still required by God. Obedience to the Christian faith based on the word of God is still required by God. God does not get disobedience to truth. God is not accepting to disobedience to his word. But you see, if we are dull of hearing, like the writer of Hebrews says, I think it was chapter 5, that I have so much more to say to you, but you become dull of hearing. How does one become dull of hearing? Traditions of man? False teachings? An unwillingness to submit to the obedience of faith. An unwillingness to undergo transformation by abiding in the word of God and allowing, allowing the word to have the final say to every thought. Well, that's extreme. No one's going to get me. I wonder how many actually got Paul, the apostle. How accepted was he by his peers, the Pharisees? As soon as they found out about his conversion, they wanted to kill him. Religion is a persecutor of truth. Why is it important for us to have obedience to the faith? Because by faith, we are to walk, which ultimately pleases God. And we, when we walk by faith and grow up desiring the pure milk, the undefiledness of the word of God, like Peter says, the pure milk of the word. We are growing up. Growing up in what? In the revelation of righteousness. In the revelation, I now have a righteous nature by which I live. From where I get my defining moments in life. That I'm a child of the spirit of the living God. That I'm born again. That my new creation, all of this is coming from the word of God. That is wanting to persuade us to this new nature that we do have. The nature of Christ within us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Well, you know, Desi, I'm just a sinner. I just keep on sinning. I keep on sinning. I want to do good. I just don't know how to do good. Just like Paul says in chapter 7, the book of Romans. We have to read the context of chapter 7. The chapter 6 becomes, comes right before it. The most powerful chapter in Romans is really chapter 6. And then the next most powerful chapter in Romans is chapter 8. 
read the context. We just want a way out. We want a cop out. Why we are failures? Why we just cannot get it right? I tell you why. A refusal to submit to truth. It's as true for you as it is for me. An obstinate heart that needs to be submitted to the working of the spirit. The double-edged sword of the word of God that will cut asunder spirit and soul. That my spirit man that is born again, regenerated, made in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ will have preeminence over my life. And when he has preeminence over my life, over my thoughts, I'm living out of this righteous nature that I do have in Christ. And faith is of the heart. And that which is in our heart, our mouth proclaims. And so the righteousness of faith thus speaks, Paul writes in Romans, in Romans 10. The word is in my heart. Romans 2, verse 8. I mean, you can read that the whole portion, but just for, for time's sake, I'll read uh, verse 8. But it, remember, it's in the context of what he's already speaking here. Verse 8 says, But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, Tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. Meaning that when we're self-seeking, because verse 7 talked about eternal life given to those who by patient endurance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Meaning that we are accepted before God. When we are obedient to the truth, obedient to the faith. But when we choose to obey self and be self-seeking, we're really moving in the flesh. We are living in the flesh, and that is an enemy to God. And that verse 11 says, for there's no partiality with God. And God is not a man that he will lie to us. Chapter, still in Romans 20, let's see. Chapter 2 again, further down. Yeah, 25, let's do 25. Because faith is of the heart. It's not a put on. It's not a pretense of trying to fool someone. Doing the little formulas of what faith does. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, I'm in faith now. For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law, the whole law. But if you're a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, therefore, 
if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you who even with your written code and circumcision are a transgression of the law? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. For he's not a Jew, the one who is, is one outwardly. It's not about outward appearance. That's what I'm trying to say here. Through acts of doing things right. It's not, that's not what makes us right before God. Nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. The focus with God is always inwardly. For out of the heart, the mouth speaks. How many times Isaiah is quoted even in the New Testament that with their mouths, they're close to God, but their hearts are so far away from God. Who is one inward and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, which whose praise is not from man, but from God. So this righteousness that is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith, faith knowing that pleases God, this righteousness of faith is really lived before God. So all that we do, we are doing unto him. We are of the spirit. We are of the new covenant that is of the spirit, sealed in the very blood of Christ that has brought forth a declaration of righteousness to those who believe. And that's really what the book of Galatians is all about. The righteousness of faith based on what he has done. Based on what he has done. Based on what he has done. And so what is required of us now is to obey the truth which is to believe what he has said about what he has done. As simple as that. But because of hardened hearts and a religious upbringing, we go back to the outward working. We go back to this external work of pleasing man. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You see, when we when we live unto man, to please man, we find ourselves in some uh, strange situations. 
that turns us to be a pleaser of men, and thus we start corrupting our characters. Because we have deviated from the reality that we have in Christ, that faith in Him has already pleased God. Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. I've so meditated why he'd connect these two thoughts in the same verse. Awake, following right after verse 33 is, do not be deceived, evil company corrupts good habits. Our associations... Our associations here on earth have a, a great importance to our Christian walk. Either it will bring corruption, they will put, it in, put us in a slumber of unbelief, of unrighteousness, and thus corrupt everyone else around us that's surveying our life and hinder them from knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why I read Romans 1 and 2. Obedience to the faith, obedience to that which he has done for us, that what he has said in his word he's done for us keeps us wide awake so that God would not say of us, as Paul said of the Corinthians, which is really the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul, for some do not have the knowledge of God, I speak this to your shame. Ephesians. Well, if we go to chapter 5, let's start from verse 6. And this is right after he talked about walking in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us as an offering, as a sacrifice to God, which is verse 2, for a sweet-smelling aroma. Here in verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, false, falseness, empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Associations. Let no one deceive you with empty words and turn you to be a pleaser of man. Turn you to a place that would lead to you staying in an evil company that would corrupt your good habits, your habit of being in the Word, your habit of thinking as the Word thinks, of speaking in accordance to that which you believe, the Word of God. 
Let no one deceive you with empty words for thee. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them for it's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. All things though are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, which means see the order. Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You have a say-so in what you partake. Early, he said, don't partake with those that are deceiving you with empty words. Here, he's saying, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead. Come out from those that are dead that speak empty words that lead to corruption. And Christ will give you light. See, we'd like the order to be reversed. But you see, in Christ, you already walked in light. Because when you became born again, you became a child of light. But because of unrenewed mind, compromise, unwillingness to undergo transformation, we start putting the blinders on and go into wrong associations. And now he says, awake, arise up, and Christ will give you light. 1 Thessalonians, because we're sons of the day, children of light. Chapter 5, I'll read a bigger portion here. Wake up to his word. We can sum it all up. Wake up to his word. Wake up to the power that you have in him now. Through the word of God. Wake up to the full pleasure that you give to him when you walk in the truth, in the obedience of faith. But concerning the times, chapter 5, verse 1, 1 Thessalonians, concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. It's going to come, and it's going to come as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, stay safe, keep safe, be safe. I'm going to withhold from commenting on that. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. To those that say to us, 
peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. Which, which means those were empty words. To dull our senses, calm down, calm down. Don't get so stirred up about the word of God. We're all a Christian. Sobriety is required. Obedience to the faith is required, and you will not walk in the obedience of faith if you do not know the word of God. And I'm not talking about a heady knowledge of scriptures. I'm talking about a meditation of the word of God. An assimilation of this word speaking within you. And turning your desires unto God. Transforming you from glory to glory. Growing up in faith. So these that say peace and safety. Sudden destruction comes on them. As labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, this is you and I, but you, brethren, are not in darkness. Your eyes ought not to be closed because you're in Christ. You're not in darkness. So this day should overtake you as a thief. You're all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, our portion is light in life is not to go around groping for a way out, groping, trying to make a living, trying to just survive, trying to just, 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 just make it through the day. We are sons of the day, sons of light. Means wherever we go, light shines through us, illuminating every dark place. Thus, people will get to know God. So it would not be counted against us that they don't know God because we took on wrong associations and refused to wake up to righteousness. See how it all connects. You're not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, which means as a Christian, you can fall asleep. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. If there's something I can say about this hour, watch and be sober. Watch and be sober. Lest you be deceived by empty words. Philosophies of man. False teachings that abound in this hour of self-preservation, self-seeking, unrighteousness found in those self-seeking actions and teachings. Not based on truth. Not based on Christian faith. Because faith speaks truth, which is the word of God. 
Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. See, in that sleepy way is intoxication. The cares of the world are highly intoxicating right now. But let us, let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath. God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Whether alive right now or have gone by the way of the grave, in Christ there is no death. We all live. We all live with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as also, as you are also doing. I'll be amiss if I do not go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Right when he said here, Paul in verse 9, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we awake or sleep, we should live together with him. What did he do for us when he died on the cross? Second Corinthians chapter 5, 21. That's where he obtained righteousness for us. For he himself, Second Corinthians 5, 21, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. How? By believing what he did for us. And um, I'm not going to read, but you can, all of it is really stated so clearly in Romans chapter 5 that whole chapter of Romans 5, but especially from verse 12 until verse 21. Now let's go to Peter's writing. First, we're going to do First Peter, and then we look at some verse in Second Peter. So the Lord spoke to me this morning. The title for the message was Wake Up to His Word. And I said, that can also be stated, Wake Up to Divinity, Life Divine, that Peter writes about. Where does he talk about that? In chapter 2, sorry, Second um, Peter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness 
through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that we are now fully awake to. Exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, through these great and precious promises, through the word of God that we're fully awake to, you may be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Do you know how we got access to this reality, escaping, escaping the corruption that's found in this world through lust, through our new birth? And so now in First Peter chapter 1, Verse 23, we've read so often, having been born again, we now are born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. I read from James last week about being doers of the word of God and that we're not to be just mere hearers and looking at the mirror of the word of God. And as soon as we walk away from the mirror, we immediately forget what manner of man we were. That's what the stupor it's found in the world does. Makes you forget that you are born again. Makes you forget that you are a partaker of divine nature. Makes us forget that we are truly a royal priesthood unto our God. That we've been purchased by God, not, not from silver and gold, but through the precious blood of Christ. Peter writes about that as well here in, in same first Peter one verse 18, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. To wake up to his word, we're waking up to this reality of redemption. I am not my own. I've been purchased through the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. His spotless, blemishless blood has purchased me and in turn has made me spotless. And blemishless, blameless in his sight. Don't struggle in your mind whether you're accepted by God, whether you're loved by God. And when we're fully awake to truth and walk in the obedience of faith, we're growing in this confidence. I am right on the basis of the blood before my heavenly father forever and ever and ever. Let's chapter two, first Peter. Therefore, verse one, lay aside all malice and all deceit. There is a place of accountability that we have before God. And we have a responsibility in this moment to lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, 
envy, and all evil speaking. As newborn babes desire the pure milk, as newborn babes, as newborn babes fully regenerated, born into this newness of life, made citizens of heaven, our names written in the Lamb's book of life, desired the pure milk of the word, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Take note, how do we grow? So when we say wake up to his word, it is how we actually grow up in God. It's not based on another experience. Our growth in God, Christian maturity, from faith to faith, where the righteousness of God is revealed in the Gospels, in the Gospel. All it comes through the milk of the Word, through the purity of the holy flow of the Word of God. This is the land of milk and honey that we've entered in. Where we did not build these houses of truth. Nor dig up these wells of divine life. God has made provision for us. Called the Lord Jesus Christ. Lamb the perfect lamb, without blemish, without spot. You want to know God? You want to know the love of God? You want to experience the Holy Spirit? You want to grow up in faith and be a stable, strong Christian? Come back to the Word of God. Come back to the Word of God. Open up your Bible, and like I've always said, Make a habit of daily reading the Bible. And think about what you read. And let the Holy Spirit teach you His words. Because we are living stones, rejected by man but fully accepted by God. Verse 4 coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by man, and yet we're always running for acceptance by man. No. That's how we find ourselves in some wrong company and corrupt our godly character. And then to our shame, God would say, many did not get to know me, to know God because of wrong associations. But when we know that we are living stones, living stones, fully alive, fully alive to God, but dead to the world, glory be to God, fully alive to God, but dead to the world, that's a living stone. We're cold to the world, but fervent to God. Making that living altar, 
before God, where God has indwelled his living sacrifice, the body of Christ. Mm-mm-mm. Coming to him as a living stone rejected indeed by man, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up. This is it. Built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 9. But you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now, but now have obtained mercy. Glory be to God. This is what we're wide awake to. This is what we're wide awake to. We're God's chosen people. We called forth as his special people to proclaim the praises of him, to not be ashamed of the gospel, And to walk in the obedience of the faith. Glory be to God. We're done for this day. Amen. Amen and amen.